Kyle Dubas is the assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, he'll be front and center, obviously, during those series, watching uh, their prospects and AHL players, and he's kind enough to join us now. Kyle, thanks for making the time to be on the show. We appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys today? Really good. You know, we, we ran into you a while back, and it was memorable to, to both Andrew and I because the Marlies, um, the, the playoffs look like a very distant proposition at that point in time, and, and you were running some math past us, and, and you had a great belief system that that they would find their way in. They not only did that, they, uh, they're they playing coming in with some momentum. They got the seventh seed. Um, this is a real positive for a lot of these players and coaching staff. I think so. I think especially because of who the players are that have that have really pushed the team forward uh, in the second half, particularly, um, you know, after the trade deadline at the NHL level, the you know the team has been really driven by uh, Connor Brown, William Nylander, uh, Brendan Leipzig, um, and so on and so forth. It's it's been really nice for us to watch from a management perspective as as our young players have have pushed it ahead and they've gotten great efforts from from Matt Fratton who um, who's really been on fire down the stretch here and bodes well he's got another year left on his contract with us next year and it's a strong sign leading into the off season for him and we hope now it's it's an excellent opportunity for these players in the playoffs to uh, to go in against an extremely talented and good Grand Rapids team and show us where where they really stack up against an elite organization in the NHL with, with Detroit and Grand Rapids. So it's a, it's an excellent opportunity for everybody. Kyle Dubas joins us on Brady and Walker. I was thinking about this the other day, um, and do, do you weigh sometimes the difference? Like you look some of these these young players on on the Marlies, guys that are that are. Um, valued by the organization now some of these guys were on the marley's team last year that had a deep playoff run how do you weigh the experience of playing playoff hockey to maybe a young prospect or a young player like a connor brown almost benefits more from playing the 75 games and and then getting in the gym the rest of the summer um can a a long minor league playoff run sometimes work against a, a kid as a prospect a little bit know what i mean well, I think we, as an organization, we're really trying to shift to, to make sure we're doing all we can in season to, I think the narrative and dealt with it a little bit in Sault Ste. Marie was that the player was to come in in, in excellent shape and we'd try to, you know, just make sure he didn't fall off too much from a, from a strength and conditioning standpoint during the season. And one of the things we tried to build in there was, you know, there is a lot of opportunity through the year to not only build in programs which prevent injuries, but also... Uh, maintain and build on their strength base. And with us having so many young players there, being the youngest team in the American Hockey League, we, we realize that a lot of the players do have a lot of room to grow physically and need to mature physically. And, and the, uh, the onus, you know, sure, is partially on the player. But as the organization, we have, we have them in every day. So it, it falls on us to make sure that we've got the proper programs and uh, nutrition and, and strength and conditioning in place that the players can get stronger during the year. And the games that are played, I think it's it's an excellent opportunity for the players to just really take ownership of of the Marlies and, and have a, a real stake in our organization. If it were a team that were built like your proverbial quadruple-A baseball team that had a lot of guys that, had, you know, their NHL prospects had ended, but they were really good minor league players. I think that we'd feel differently about going on a long run in the playoffs because right. of the players that are, that are driving the, the bus here. Uh, as long as they can go, I only think serves to enhance their development as players. And the, the games are obviously going to become a lot more difficult and a lot more challenging. And as young uh, prospects, if they can continue to, to maintain their level of output, uh, that's, to me, that's a that's a 
great sign for the future of, of our organization and for and for the hockey fans in Toronto. Kyle Dubas, our guest, Brady and Walker. Um, so we mentioned it. Uh, I, I was actually out and about in in a in a restaurant with my kids and, and wife watching the draft lottery, and it, it became like like hush silence when when we got down to the last six teams or so. What was it like for you? Was it was it an elevated heart rate, or did you just say, "Listen, we got a nine nine and a half percent chance. Um, it's 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 dramatic, but it didn't really impact us." How did how was it when you were watching it? I, I was in Rockford with the Marlies, and just in the in the coaches' room watching it. Uh, very honestly, it it I wasn't anxious about it at all. I, I the fact that you know we had the greatest chance of ending up picking fifth, and um, so once huh. Carolina's card came up at fifth, they said, "Well, you know what." That's a little bit of good fortune either way, as we're either going to pick fourth or first. And, um, you know, for, for me, the way that I've looked at this draft is I knew we were going to get a good pick. We weren't going to pick lower than fifth. But the focus, I think, for us and, and where we have to begin to, to really become uh, a great organization is on the second pick, the Nashville pick that we got in the trade for uh, Cody Franzen and Mike Santarelli. We sure. have to make a good pick and hit on that one. And that's where a lot of our focus has been. We know it's going to be in the in the mid-20s, and that's where – you know, myself and Mark Hunter have been spending a lot of our time is tracking those those players that are in that range and making sure that we find a player that fits our identity of, of where we're going as an organization and and that we're we're certain is is going to be a a guy that has a chance to come in and and be a big time player for us either forward D or goaltender um, that we're confident that that can be you know not just someone that's a safe pick that we know that'll play low in our lineup but a really good player. I think you look at a lot of the organizations now. And, um, you know, the, the, you look at a lot of the organizations now, they're able to find real good players late in the first, and that's what we want to become. And having that pick is, is, a, is a great opportunity for us. Do you, when you look at, at where you're picking at number four, and, and I guess you don't got to give us a name, um, we all know the few guys that are in that range, and there'll be a lot of cooks in the kitchen on this. There'll be you, there'll be Mark Hunter, you have uh, some scouts to hire and some scouts, to, you know, opinions to solicit as well. If you deep down personally had to make that pick at number four today, do you know who you would want? Uh, I think we're still. Well, I mean, it's you got to narrow down to a few players. I I don't believe in going through the whole song and dance of saying, oh well, you know, we haven't had our meeting yet, and we don't know where we're where we're sitting. You know, we've we spent the whole year scouting these players. Our, our scouting staff has been in the rink from early August in the Team Canada camp and trying to narrow it down to the top players and you know as the year goes along you you add to your sample size and viewings and you really get down to you know a few guys that you, especially where we're picking there at four that you have slotted in you kind of know who the first two picks are going to be mm-hmm. and you know who the players are coming up uh behind them and um you know so whether you've got I think everyone knows who they are. You've got Noah Hannafin, uh, Dylan Strom, Lawson Krause, Mitchell Marner, Pavel Zaka, Matthew Barzell, Ivan Provorov. There's a, you know, it's focusing in on that group of players and more, and and really now starting to break them down and and become as certain as we possibly can about each one and and select the one that we think is best for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I uh, want to ask you about uh, about Brendan. When when Brendan was hired by Tim Laiwicki, uh, Andrew and I were at the uh, news conference, and and Tim said uh, Brendan's the final say on all hockey decisions. I wanted to ask you what you what you learned um, from Dave Nonis in, in the process, who is a very bright um, and articulate hockey man. Um, it just it it did seem 
uh, interesting in, in the dynamic all year, but Brendan hit on it last week, and he said, we, we do a lot of things as a group, and there isn't just one guy telling the other four people how it's going to be. What was, I guess, the work process, decision-making? Um, you know, no one's ever going to say, see every player and every level of talent the exact same way. What was the relationship like? Um, you know, it's, it's evolved throughout the year, and, um, and uh, I've been here since middle of July. Brandon Pridham came on a month later. Um, Reed Mitchell has been here uh, longer than anybody, and he, he brings a lot of great uh, value and experience to our staff as well. And then, you know, we, we had there was myself, Brendan, Dave, and then we brought Mark Hunter in, um, you know, in late October. And you know, especially over the last few months, I've I've talked to Mark. You know, basically two or three times each day, we talk about players, we talk about trades, we talk about players we've seen for the draft, what's going on with different players, we talk about free agents and college and so on and so forth. And we take that and present it. You know, formerly was to Dave and to Brendan, and and now it's to Brendan. And and the way it's evolved in the last week is really a three-way, four-way discussion about all different topics, and it's a really open dialogue and back and forth, agreeing, disagreeing, challenging one another, and and that's been a lot of fun. I I think that was the part I enjoyed most about being in Sault Ste. Marie, uh, especially with Sheldon Keefe. He and I could disagree on on a whole host of topics, as I could with our staff there. Whether it was Wes Clark or Victor Carnero, there was there was never just a it was never a group think. Uh, everyone resort to say yes. Yeah. It, it was a lot of challenging and back and forth, and that's what we have here. And and I think even when you disagree you know that the people aren't disagreeing to be personal. They're disagreeing to make sure that we're going to be doing right by the, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's, that's, been the most, uh, that's been the most encouraging and fun part here, especially of late. Um, you know, in, in that, when I say of late, I go back to the trade deadline and, and the moves that we made then and having everybody involved, full discussion with one another and, and uh, having everybody, uh, even if they disagreed at first, at least accepting an, an understanding of why we were doing things. When uh, when when Brendan had had the address after uh, Dave Nonis and, and and the scouts were let go, uh, when he was pressed on who will be the next GM of this team, um, and were you a candidate? Was Mark Hunter a candidate? He said something to the effect of, uh, "You know, we can't rule anybody out at this point." Um, your thoughts when it comes to that? Are you ruling yourself out? Um, where do you stand in all this? I think the way I, I look at it is. Um I've never gone around and and uh, campaigned for a job. And the way that I look at this position here is that having it open allows for the Maple Leafs to add another really great and smart hockey person to our to our organization. And I think we'd be remiss not to do that. I don't really get wrapped up in uh, the titles and who does what and whose boss is who. I think with where we're at as an organization, we need to be adding. Uh, the smart the more people we have that are of of elite intelligence and smarts on a hockey perspective and if they can add a different uh, uh, set of intelligence and look at things a different way that can make us all better i think that we need to we need to do that and uh, to me uh, that's where it sounds like Brendan is going, and, and I think that that's great. Somebody that, that I can learn from and somebody that uh, that can make me a, a better hockey person and manager, that's that's what uh, what I find exciting. And, and if we get through the summer and that person isn't there and, and whatever Brendan decides, um, 
I just come every day and, and uh, do my job as the assistant manager as, as best as I, as I possibly can and, and have found it to be a great experience here working with Brendan and working with Mark and, and Brandon Pridham and Reed Mitchell and our staff here. It's been a lot of fun. So I don't get all too wrapped up in, in where we're going or who we're hiring. I want us to have as many smart and good hockey people as possible and, and we'll see how it all unfolds as the summer goes along. But I know with, with Brendan running it, it'll be uh, – to be very thorough and, and methodical and, and make the decision that's best for the Leafs. Kyle Dubas, our guest, Brady and Walker. Last couple minutes with you, and we appreciate the time. Do you look and, and say, uh, well, of course fans will say of 14 teams that didn't make the playoffs, and they do this in other sports too. We all do it. We say, boy, uh, blow it up. Just just change it and, and trade 10 players. And it's a, it's a lot harder to do than it is to say. And yet, here's the weird thing on this team, in this circumstance, and, and given where some of the players are at with, with their time in Toronto, their tenure, where they're at with some of their contracts, uh, a lot of people wouldn't be surprised if you guys did have notable uh, n- and considerable changes to to the core. I take it those discussions are are very much ongoing because you just can't you can't sell low on on too many assets when you run a team. You just can't do it. Well, I think Brendan uh, said it best last week: is that you know we we have a lot of very good players. It just for a number of reasons hasn't worked here as a group. And whether it involves moving one or two of those players or, or all of those players or none of those players and, and trying to supplement the group here to, to try to move it ahead, we have to make trades. We can't just give people away. We can't just move them out because we know that they're good players. If they go to a different, set, a different situation, set of circumstances, they're going to they're gonna be shown once again to be extremely good players. They're their individual worth gets brought down here because of the the lack of success of the team. Right. And we have to when we're looking to to make moves, we have to separate those two. We can't slag the player internally and devalue them internally because the team hasn't had success here. And we have to ask ourselves, are there players out there that can supplement those guys and make the group better? Or maybe we make the decision, say, well maybe we tinker with it, we move one or two guys out give some other people an opportunity and continue to move this forward the right way. But the way that we're the only way we're going to go from being where we are to being a team that contends year in and year out, which is our goal, is to continue to draft well, uh, very, very well, and, and outdraft the other teams in the league and get to that point where every year we're at the top. When you look back in five or six years when it's right to judge a draft, we're at the top of the list in terms of players that are playing and playing well and productive. And we're doing an excellent job in developing players. And those two things work in lockstep. They aren't, one doesn't work without the other. You have to draft well to give the development team their ability to get to work. And then, and that, that includes Steve Steos and his staff with our development department and our Marley's coaching staff and move it ahead that way. And th- that's the key for us. No matter what happens at the NHL level, our, you know, we need to really, really master the draft and developing and, and find our own unique way to, to uh, to beat all other 29 teams in that regard here. Kyle Dubas, our guest on Brady Walker, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and Coast to Coast and Sportsnet 360. I got one more uh, for you. I'm curious your take on uh, the playoffs. I know we're early. We're, we're three games into most series, and, and uh, but it is a copycat league, and I wonder if you've seen anything in the early going here that influences at all. I mean, we got no L.A. in the playoffs this year. There's no Boston, and, and there was a time where Boy, everybody looked at each other and said, if we want to win, we better be heavy and good on the wall. That's the way the game is going. I wonder if there's been something that has maybe changed your opinion a little bit. I think I, I always look at the playoffs in, as, a, as a time when people 
will especially hammer home the point that they'll say continually, if you want to win in the playoffs, you have to play like this team. And every year it changes. Yeah. Depending on who's playing well, it's Chicago and it's skill and speed and puck possession. If it's L.A., it's, it's retrieval and, and heavy game and, and be there able to make plays and not an easy way to play. If it's Boston, it was, you know, when they won, it was, you know, traditional Bruins, Chara, Lucic, et cetera. And every year it changes. So what our goal has to be is to, is to find our own way to win so that we're that team in five or six years where people see, people see us play and they say, that's how you have to win. You have to be like the Maple Leafs. So we have to come up with our own way of doing it. You take, to me, you, if you try to copy one particular team, you're going to end up as an inferior version of that one team. You're not going to be able to do it as good as they did it. So if you take, I think the playoffs are a great way to, all these teams are under the microscope and they're all very, there's a lot of very good teams in the playoffs. And you can try to find the best practices of those teams and apply them to your own team. And, and patch it all together, plus add in your own perspective, your own different things that we want to do. That's, to me, what I find the most value in, in the playoffs. You find the things that are most effective or least effective that the, these teams are doing, and we can learn from them and use them as an example as we go into the off season. That's, that's what I find to be valuable. But I don't think we want to get into trying mm-hmm. to copy any other team because we'll, we'll never be as good as, as that team if we try to do it that way. Thanks for the time today. I, I know you're headed to Europe, uh, and and Sportsnet showing all these Otters Greyhounds games. Are you gonna Are you gonna be up at uh, one in the morning uh, watching the? Oh, it's kind of it's still a little bit your baby. It's like you sent it off to school, dressed it up, and yeah. you still you sort of shape the egg a little bit, and they're there in the I, final. I don't have kids yet, but it feels <laughs> like I feel like it's you know you you wash it, grow up, you help it, and then you drop it off at university <laughs> when they. When they need you, they call and look for advice. You go and visit them every once in a while. But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to see the job that Kyle Raptus and Sheldon have done in the Sioux. And and uh, I very much I've I've only seen them been able to see them play twice this year live. But I I still follow the team as much as as possible and stay in touch with those guys almost daily. Uh, so this is a big series against Erie, and, and I know that the two uh, game three and four are next uh, Sunday, and yeah. and the following Tuesday are on are on Sportsnet. So that those uh, I watched the game in Erie a bit uh, about two months ago, and it was it was a great game. They're both fast, highly skilled teams, and that'll be very very good hockey. And um, you know that said, I I definitely hope that the uh, the Greyhounds win. Erie's a bunch of no names, uh, a lot of average <laughs> players. I, I haven't heard of one of their players. Yeah, it's I grinders. can't. Yeah, exactly. Grinders. Hey, we uh, we appreciate the time. Uh, we we love talking hockey with you, and and you're welcome anytime. Hope you know that. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.